everything was new to everybody at the time. We didn't know what to expect or what to do. Uh, once they sent us home uh, from spring training and all of a sudden these protocols, like safety protocols and stuff started coming out. And I'm like, how in the world are we going to do this? You know, it's kind of overwhelming at first. Just like anything else and anything new that happens, you just have to, you know, just get used to it, to adapt to it and change to it. Everybody buckled down and locked it in. You know, you just have to look back and be like, all right, yeah, we, we did it. Yeah, under uh, like a pandemic circumstances, you know, we were still able to play baseball. and It was, uh, it was something I won't forget, that's for sure. <laughs> you know, I think any kind of shared experience, can help when you're a coach. And we've got a couple guys with experience in it. But in the end, uh, when that ball tips up, it's all about those guys on that court. You know, you got to get them ready, but they got to be able to handle the pressure. Um, they've got to be able to play through adversity. Uh, they've got to be consistent over three days. One thing I always do share with them, there's no more fun in basketball. Well, I say that. There's not much more fun in basketball than winning in St. Louis. I had a chance to talk to Tariq Cohen. He said that the entire city of Chicago right now believes that there is something more that this team needs to do still. The hunger is certainly there. Baseball is a funny game. If it bounces your way, we might be able to make some hay this year. We're looking to take another step forward. We're still building for the future. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Andy Reid's been a guy who obviously is well-respected, who's had a long, successful career up until this point, and that the one thing he was missing before Sunday was that Super Bowl win. So now he's got it. I think, you know, if, if he wasn't already in the, the Hall of Fame as a coach, I think this kind of gets him well on his way to, to getting that. I think days of buying victories with free agents and hoping that spending big money and throwing big money out at big names is a thing of the past. As a player, I want Redbirds fans to really remember me by my positivity and my hard work and dedication. That's how I want people to remember me as someone that influences others and does not focus on herself. I will talk to anybody and I just make everybody around me better. Well, it's been an exciting offseason. I think the Bulls have high hopes. New head coach has been making sure they understand how to win games and how to turn around the continental losing. I think rookie Patrick Williams is a very impressive rookie to watch, and who knows, maybe he could be rookie of the year. I think he's the perfect fit for any franchise, but especially for the Cubs. They saw something there about it with a guy that wasn't necessarily a flamethrower, which but a real technician was not only that, but a super competitor. And I think it's a great deal for Kyle Hendricks. He called it a life decision. They're not losing a ton of guys. This team, they're going to be projected, you know, could be top three, top four in the Big Ten again. And this time, though, it's not going to be a surprise. They're going to have a target on their back. There's always tension between the players and the owners. As early as 1890s, the players started their own players' league. So players and management differences are nothing new. It's so cool when you have this exciting and this interesting of a team and then some guy that you had no idea was going to have the start he has has taken the world by storm that is your mean Mercedes. And and what a cool story, too, just fighting down in the minors and in the Mexican League for so many years and now finally getting his shot, definitely pouncing on the opportunity. He's just having a good time. And that's that's just an extra pump of adrenaline for this White Sox team. And now you can't imagine this roster without him. Hey, this is Nate Jones, Major League Baseball player. Hey, everyone, it's Luke Stuckmeyer. This is Neil Doyle. Hey, what's going on? This is Mark Grody, the official Chicago Bears sideline reporter from 670 to score, an ISU Redbird alum, 
Hey, everybody, it's Marcus Grant. Hey, this is Alex Dolaner. Hey, Redbirds, it's Leah Johnson. This is Mark Shanowski. It's now time. It's now time. It's now time. It's now time for the fifth quarter sports talk. It's Will's fifth quarter special. And here's your host, Will Farlow. Welcome to the 60th episode of a sports podcast that captures everything you want to know as a buzzer sounds at the end of any sports game. It's Will Farlow here with you this afternoon on June 3rd, 2021, welcoming listeners to the 60th episode of Will's fifth quarter special. I'm your host for this special edition of the 5th Quarter Sports Talk, where we're back with all you Will's 5th Quarter Special fans once again. It's been a while since we saw you on episode 59 back in February, and the show's been undergoing some changes, and we're working on some things in progress with all the segments from the YouTube channel, and all things Will's 5th Quarter Special to help steer in the right direction in the future of this bright sports podcast. It's great to be back with each and every one of you. Summer's here, the weather's great. Baseball's going on, sports are getting better, it's a beautiful time for sports. We're nothing but more excited to talk about sports with you here once again with Will's 5th Quarter Special here on episode 60 where we're covering all things Chicago White Sox. And this Chicago White Sox team, Tony La Russa at the helm once again for the first time since the 1980s. He was with the White Sox in their his final season and his first stint with Chicago back in 1986. And he's got the White Sox on the rise right now. First in the AL Central with a record currently of 33-22 and 22 on the year. Could have been possibly another win for the Sox yesterday. However, the game in Cleveland was rain out just to update Will's Fifth Quarter Special fans. And it is being rescheduled to September 23rd. We're bringing on someone new to Will's Fifth Quarter Special here on Episode 60 that's going to help show you guys what's going on with the Chicago White Sox and where they could head moving forward going into tonight's game as well. So I'm going to start with, as usual, we start with Will's Fifth Quarter Trivia. Now guys, as I mentioned early on in this episode, there are new things coming to Will's Fifth Quarter Special, some changes. We've taken a lot into account, as well as I have, the creator at the in that stage, where the show's at in the future. And Will's Fifth Quarter Trivia is a big part of Will's Fifth Quarter Special. Will's Sports Movement Moment and Will's Fifth Quarter Trivia are two key segments of the many that will be coming to this show in the future. The future of Will's Court Trivia, I believe, is bright with this show. However, we are trying to work on some things with how it's presented to you, the fans, and how it is approached, where you guys can enjoy it and understand it. So be on the lookout. It's going to be coming very soon. I'm finishing the touches on what will be coming with Will's Court Trivia. So Will's Court Trivia is still around. It'll be returning before you know it. So be on the lookout for that. We do have the promotional video on our YouTube channel. Just search Will's Fifth Quarter Special. Subscribe for free, guys. You can see all those great videos that Will's Fifth Quarter Special has to offer, so I recommend you subscribe. And you can see the past Will's Fifth Quarter trivias, questions, how it's done, the walkthrough video. There'll be more of those coming up as well. Be on the lookout for that. Will's Fifth Quarter Trivia, as usual, also has a webpage on our official website for Will's Fifth Quarter Special at willsfifthquarterspecial.com. Just look under Will's Fifth Quarter Trivia, and you can learn a little bit more about how it works. Be on the lookout. Will's Fifth Quarter Trivia will be returning soon. Will's Fifth Quarter Special fans, it's now time, as I mentioned early on in the episode, in the special White Sox edition here on Episode 60, we have a new guest appearance making his debut here on the Fifth Quarter Sports Talk. This person's done a lot of work in sports so far, following his time at Illinois State University and WZND Radio. Stills over at WGN and is the voice of the Kane County Cougars over in Geneva. It's Joe Brand, former Redbird alum and White Sox expert, coming on to join us for the first time here on Will's Course Special. He's going to help me talk about where the Chicago White Sox are at this point in the year. It's only June, but 
There's been a lot of interesting things going on over in the south side of Chicago. We're going to talk about what he thinks of Tony LaRusso as a manager so far in the season and the impact he's had on the program, the updated coaching staff, how Ethan Katz has helped the pitchers a little bit maybe. That might be coming up as well. And we're going to talk about the players. You remember Mercedes, where he's at currently since his early rise in majors as a rookie this season. Nick Madrigal has been playing some really good baseball at second. We're going to talk about him, Tim Anderson, Abreu, all the guys and how they're fitting together in what's been a smartly played baseball approach that the White Sox are showing on the field each and every game. We're going to talk about the injuries the Chicago White Sox have persevered through so far this season. Michael Kopech is going to be off a little bit, but the big injuries of Jace Fry, Eloy Jimenez, Jimmy Cordero, and Luis Robert, and how the, this White Sox outfield makeshift approach has worked so far, and the future is continuing to show brightness for this White Sox team, and we're going to get Joe's opinion on where he sees the White Sox heading from this point based on where they stand in the AL Central. The White Sox are back for a homestand against the Detroit Tigers. So we're going to talk all things Chicago White Sox coming up here. Here comes the interview I had with Kane County Cougars play-by-play announcer and Chicago White Sox expert over at WGN Radio, Joe Brand. Joe Brand joining us here on Will's Fifth Quarter Special, making his debut guest appearance here on the Fifth Quarter Sports Talk. Joe, nice to have you here. Just kind of give my fans here at Will's Fifth Quarter Special a little bit of an idea of what you're doing uh, right now in your career and uh, what you like about it the most. Well, right now I'm heading to Northwestern Medicine Field, home of the Kane County Cougars, where I do play-by-play. I've been doing play-by-play there since 2014. And uh, definitely love just being a part of the game and being a part of the team. Even though I have nothing to do with what goes out on the field, I just get to be that bridge from the team to the fans. Uh, really enjoy my my spot there. And uh, I also work at WGN Radio. I do some news and sports over there. I really enjoy being on that platform. Also cover UIC games. I do some play-by-play and sidelines for them as well. And then just randomly some freelance stuff high school and college throughout the Chicagoland area. So, uh, you know, try to stay busy, and uh, luckily I am able to right now. Yeah, and right now the White Sox, just to transition there, that's kind of our topic today. The White Sox are really on the rise. But i got to ask you first a question that's still got a lot of White Sox fans torn. You know, the fan base is definitely on two different spectrums with this. When you heard months before the season started that Tony Russo was coming to manage the White Sox and kind of what you've seen so far, just kind of paint a picture in your view of what you think LaRusso has done for the team so far. I honestly think there's, there's real no surprise kind of with what, with what has been going on. Um, the hire itself was a surprise, but just the way the news kind of broke first with Bob Nightingale speculating it as soon as Rick Renneria got let go. And then that, snowball kind of continuing to grow as it rolled um it, it wasn't an, an entire surprise when they made it official but i think the overall hire of tony Larusa coming back into baseball is is definitely a surprise in itself but this year you've got a really really stacked lineup even with the injuries you've got a really good pitching staff um that's actually doing the inverse of what everyone thought was going to be this year everyone thought the bullpen was going to be shut down the Rotation was going to be a question mark. It's kind of been vice versa to that. But, I mean, it's still a very talented team, and that's why they are one of the best teams in baseball, if not the best. And you've got a manager that's been out of the game in terms of managing for quite some time. I, 
I don't have to remind White Sox fans about the game against Cincinnati Reds where Jose Abreu could have ran on the bases instead of Liam Hendricks. But, I mean, it's I still think that's not just Tony LaRusso's fault. I think that's everyone in the dugout's fault. But, of course, with Tony LaRusso being the manager, it comes down on him. And then the unwritten rules portion comes up, too. We thought it was more going to be a Tim Anderson, Tony LaRusso feud heading into the year. It turns out being kind of no one expected your mean Mercedes. But, um, you know, I, I think it's just a, it's a group that's, that's really – really enjoying what they're doing right now in terms of winning. And they like the chemistry. They like the camaraderie they've got in the clubhouse and in the dugout right now. And, you know, they've got a manager that, that still has a winning record and is a Hall of Famer for a reason. So I don't think they're going to let some personal opinions be the reason why this team doesn't succeed. And you know what? Good on the players for making that happen. Um, I think a manager is a very important part of a team, I think more than what other people think. Um, but I think a, a bad manager can do a lot more harm than a good manager can do a lot, a lot of good. And I'm not saying that Tony LaRusso is good or bad. I just, that's my theory on, in terms of managers. Um, so I, I think right now the team is just overcoming because of its talent level and its camaraderie. And that's why White Sox fans are seeing the White Sox being in pretty much every game that's gone on this year. No, absolutely. Just kind of briefly uh, rebuttal from that. I think Tony LaRusso is doing a pretty good job. I think one of the things I like he talked about even his press conference up to, you know, what's been said in the media is he's letting the players, you know, run things a little bit, and then he's doing what he needs to do. You know, they have that understanding as a family-type environment he's pursuing. And I think, you know, aside from the stuff we hear off the field, this is a new Tony LaRusso we're seeing somewhat. You know, yes, he does have to learn new the rules, but I think this future is bright for the team. Now, I want to get into the pitching a little bit because you mentioned how he's impacted the way the pitching's looked, and a lot of that credit has to go to our new pitching coach, Ethan Katz. Now, it is kind of weird not seeing the same pitching coach we saw for 30 seasons with the White Sox, but what do you think of what he's done to really take this talented White Sox pitching core into something next level for the next maybe multiple years or so? I think it's been a huge addition. I think that that might be one of the best moves the White Sox made in the offseason, just by showing what Dylan Cease and Carlos Rodon have done in the early going of this year. Dylan Cease being the biggest one, um, because he just seemed like a total project heading into this year, and now he's performing at what possibly could be his his peak ability at the moment. Um maybe just fine-tuning some things. I know Steve Stone likes to break it down a lot with him not opening so much on his delivery home. Um, and that's, I mean, that that comes from a guy that has been able to work with other guys like Lucas Giolito. Obviously, we know the story about Jack Flaherty, too, and Max Reed. But, but more importantly, he just he takes these pitchers, it seems like, and finds out what they're good at and just goes on from there. He's not trying to make every pitcher the same. He's He's utilizing each pitcher with their attributes and figuring out what makes them a good pitcher and then running with that and then going forward with that. We've seen it work for Dylan C so far. We've seen it exceptionally work for Carlos Rodon. And, I mean, now from a front office standpoint from last season, I mean, there were a lot of Sox fans that weren't happy about Carlos Rodon coming back to the White Sox. And now all of a sudden that looks like it could be one of the bigger moves too. Um, so I, I think he's just, he does a good job of not doing too much, but also 
kind of reinstilling the confidence in these young arms. Because um, Carlos Rodon was picked third overall in the draft for a reason. You know, Dylan Seats was traded for Jose Quintana, or a part of the trade for Jose Quintana for a reason. And now both those guys are showing why. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another thing we got to talk about with these players is the makeshift outfield. I think if you told a White Sox fan before the year that we would see Danny Mendick in right, Andrew Vaughn, our possible first base DH of the future, in left, and Billy Hamilton hit back-to-back home runs recently in center sometimes. I mean, you think where do you think the credit goes the most to the way this makeshift outfield is help the White Sox, you know, fill the holes temporarily of the loss of Eloy and Luis. I mean, it pretty much goes around. Um, like you said, every guy has pretty much stepped up, especially Andrew Vaughn, especially Billy Hamilton. Uh, it sounds like Tim Anderson is getting in Billy Hamilton's ear at the plate. And Billy Hamilton being much more of a veteran than Tim Anderson, that's, that's pretty impressive. But, I mean, you're kind of forced to give Andrew Vaughn the at-bats now, and he is really flourishing in that role. Who knows, this might be a big part of Andrew Vaughn's career, giving him the confidence as a rookie to come up and play every day and get get some consistent at-bats and find out his way at the plate. Um, and that wouldn't have happened if the injuries had happened. And obviously you never hope and wish for injuries, but at least there's some type of silver lining out of that. And, you know, I know I know it's, it's horrible that we don't get to see Eloy Jimenez and, and Luis Robert playing every day, but heading into this year, the the most known thing about this team was their their uh, offense was their lineup. I mean, it was stacked. And if you're going to lose two guys, of course, you don't want it to be the exciting players like Jimenez and Robert, but at least you still got the depth of the offense with Mancada and Abreu and Anderson and now Andrew Vaughn. So if you're going to have this many injuries, at least it's at a spot where you're deep at the moment. And I think that's what's showing why the White Sox are such a good team right now because they're a pretty deep team. They're without two of their best hitters and they're still one of the best teams in the majors. Now, there's one here I wanted to talk about as well, just the ones you're talking about. Nick Madrigal is definitely one to keep an eye on this year, and, you know, just the way he's approaching the plate. Got his first home run already this year, really improving in, in just what's already a talented infield. But we haven't talked about your Mercedes yet, Joe. What do you think of year one so far of Yerman Mercedes? I mean, it's only June, and he might have a bit of a cold streak here, but this kid can really play the game of baseball the way the White Sox are looking for him to do. He's already proven it's not a small sample size. Again, it's so cool when you have this exciting and this interesting of a team, and then some guy that you had no idea was going to have the start he has has taken the world by storm. That is your mean Mercedes. And and what a cool story, too, just fighting down in the minors and in the Mexican league for so many years and now finally getting his shot, definitely pouncing on the opportunity and making sure it's not just a small sample size. I think he's got a really good leader in Jose Abreu too. I remember at the beginning of the year when Mercedes was off to his good start, Abreu just said, you know, keep it even keel. Don't get too far ahead of yourself. This is a very long season. It's great. Enjoy it. Soak it in. But just remember this is a long season and you got to continue this. This isn't where you're going to peak. And so far, he's done that. I mean, you're, you're definitely seeing a guy that's just confident in his ability at the plate. He's, he's not making mistakes, or rather he's not um, allowing pitchers to skeet by on their mistakes. He's taking advantage of them, and he's, he's just having a good time. And that's, that's just an extra pump of adrenaline for this White Sox team 
But yeah, man, your mean Mercedes. There was a chance he was going to get up to the majors last year. I remember because he was he was playing a lot in spring training, and he was just kind of that third catcher's well, kind of fourth catcher's role, obviously with Zach Collins. So, I mean, again, this might not happen if James McCann doesn't go over to the New York Mets. I mean, he was a free agent. Odds are he wasn't going to return with the Sox anyway. But that opens up at least the roster spot for your mean Mercedes, and now you can't imagine this roster without him. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, a lot of fans are getting into this, and I think the key words I could take from that, Joe, is the love of the game. You could see it with this White Sox team, that energy, the team first mentality this team's had since through the rebuild, the end of the rebuild. It's exciting to see on the south side. Now, they're heading into a seven-game homestand. They're still in first place, but Cleveland's treading right behind them there in second place. Coming into tonight's game as they go home for seven-game homestand against Detroit, what do the White Sox need to do to get back to winning games again the way they were after losing a few recently to the Cleveland Indians? What do you think, in your opinion, can keep this trend for the White Sox going that's started a positive 2021 season? Well, that middle relief has, has got to solidify a little bit more. I know Aaron Bummer's had a bit of a rough stretch. I believe he... He didn't cough up any runs his last time out. But, um, you know, yeah, for some reason, this this middle relief for the White Sox has kind of been the bugaboo about this team. It seems like they're within every game because of their offense. The rotation's able to shut things down. Lim Hendricks finally looks like he's finding his rhythm. I know even at the beginning of the year when he was getting saves, it seemed like there was always one at bat. He was still good for making a mistake and, and coughing up a run. But it looks like he's starting to find his rhythm too and and you know that's that could just come as the season progresses that could come with with injuries um rehabbing themselves I mean I know they're without Michael Kopech for a couple more days still not really sure what's going on with Garrett Crochet but who knows if if he's able to sustain what he was able to do last year the Sox are in a much better spot in the bullpen I, I like to see Ryan Burr back come back from Tommy John surgery Got a soft spot in my heart for him because he's a former Kane County Cougar, but just a, a hell of a competitor, and I kind of think the world of him that he can come back and, and overcome all the uh, injuries he's had to deal with. So who knows? Maybe that can be a pump for the White Sox bullpen too. But but overall, I, I think I think this is still just a very good team, and, and the problem is it's, it's a good problem with good teams is you, know, you pick apart their flaws, and you look at every win and every game that's lost, you see it as, oh, they could have won this game. And that's just what happens with good teams. It happens with fan bases. It happens with the team itself. But, again, it's a good problem to have. You just got to keep in mind that every game is is not going to end up in the left column. It's great to be in every game. But just because you lost the game for a specific reason doesn't always mean that this is the, the biggest flaw of the team and it has to be fixed right now because we've already seen so many players bounce back from years past. I mean, it's a long year. It's it's still a good team. It's a great offense, and uh, there's no reason why they, they can't get back to winning the way they were at the beginning of the year. Well, Joe, we appreciate your time. Pleasure having you on for the first time here at Will's Fifth Quarter Special, and we continue to wish you as well nothing but the best of success this summer working over at the King County Cougars and covering the White Sox Cubs, what you're covering over at WGN. You mentioned USC. Good luck with that as well. We hope to have you on again in the future. We enjoy bringing on new voices. You know, there's so many voices out there in sports, and uh, we appreciate your time today. Thanks for joining us here at Wilson Court Special today.
Thanks for having me, Will. And uh, you and anyone else out there, come out to the ballpark, kccougars.com slash tickets. We'd love to see you out of King County. Back here with you, Will, of course, special fans, and that was a fun interview to do. Joe Brand really brought some good insight to the table. We appreciate his time joining us for the first time here on Will's fifth quarter special here on episode 60. And we talked about it, guys. The Chicago White Sox have a really bright future. It's an exciting time for the White Sox fans in Chicago and around the country and even around the world. There's so many White Sox fans out there. It's incredible the beauty of baseball and where it spreads to other sports fans no matter where they are. This team has a bright future, nonetheless. A lot of people are skeptical of Tony La Russa, and I'm going to kind of make my present. I'm going to kind of give my take on this. I think it can be the manager, but I think he's doing a good enough job to where, aside from the mistakes, he's persevered through those. We've talked about the outfield, what he's been able to do with that, the decisions he's made as a manager with that. The bullpen decisions are a lot better than what we saw with Rick Renteria last year. The way he's setting up the lineup has gotten more improved. This team is in first place for a reason, not just because of the manager, but because of the players. That's why I think the White Sox are going to go all the way here in 2021. Uh, I think it's World Series or bust. It's still early enough in the year where things could change, but I think they should still stay on that course and just take it one game at a time. Willis with Corey Special Fans, it's now time for the famous ending segment of the show that we always do here on Will's the Core Special. It's Will's Sports Movie Moment. We all have our favorite moments, not just in the sports we watch, but in our own favorite sports movies. This segment gives myself, my guest co-host, and our listeners at home a chance to pick their favorite moment from their favorite sports movie and compare it to modern day sports. Listeners can now hop onto the podcast Facebook profile at William D. Farrell and our Twitter page also at William D. Farrell. Posting and hashtagging their own Will Sports Movie Moment favorite using the hashtag Will's Fifth Quarter Special for a chance to have it read on future Will's Fifth Quarter Special episodes. So my Will Sports Movie Moment is not going to be a baseball-themed movie connected to the White Sox. It's going to be a basketball-themed movie. And I've mentioned this one before, but it has been a while, so I definitely got to go with Glory Road. And, uh, you know, it's a historical story about the Texas Western Miners, now known as UTEP in El Paso, Texas. And it's got to go with the theme of team building and camaraderie and building team chemistry and I think it just comes down to how well a team's built together to where with Glory Road Don Haskins was a new coach coming into town and he was a high school girls basketball coach comes into Texas and he finds a different way to put his team together that's not really known at that time period as being a trend you know, bringing African-American players to the team was frowned upon by the staff. But what I like about Don Haskins is, you know, it's like a lot of people. We see the player. doesn't matter who it is. And I think that's the beauty of the game as it is today. And, you know, in that time period, it was pretty brave as well to where he didn't care where the players came from and who they were. You know, like players like Bobby Joe Hill, Jerry Armstrong, who's already with the team, Harry Flournoy, and uh, David Latin, Neville Shedd, a lot of those players, and he brought them together as a team. You know, when you start building a team with a new coach and a staff, you're never going to see at first that final product that you're looking for. It's always going to be growing pains. Players are going to have trouble fitting together at first, but once you get to know each other, you stay on the same page of finding success and doing it together as a team. That's what you're going to be able to do, and that's what Texas Western did when they pulled off the greatest upset in sports history taking down Adolph Rupp's Kentucky Wildcats. And this compares really well to the White Sox, guys. You know, this really compares well to the White Sox. Uh, this scene in Glory Road where, you know, Don Haskins is bringing these players together and he's talking in practice, I speak, you listen. You know, and this is before the first game. He's like, I know I've pushed you hard. 
but it's going to pay off. You guys have showed me who you are, and you're going to show the rest of the country and the world who we are as a program and who Texas Western is and what Meyer basketball is all about. And, you know, he showed that his players, you've proved it to me, you've earned my respect, and we're going to be successful together as a team. And that compares really well with the Chicago White Sox to where Tony La Russa was with the White Sox before, coming back in, and he didn't have the support he's used to. Tony La Russa didn't really have, you know, the parade going when he was signing everything. Some fans were split on it, some were with it, some players on the White Sox were the same way. You know, players like Jose Abreu, Tim Anderson have supported it thus far, and it seems like aside from that adversity, Tony Arusa has earned the respect of his team. He didn't build the team, obviously, that's Rick Conn, the GM, but he did build the way the lineup's going. The pitching rotation, the staff, Ethan Katz, Miguel Cairo, Frank Medicino staying around, and I think that's paid off dividends for the White Sox right now. This team has never looked better in a long time. Even last year they looked good, but they needed the right guy at the helm to bring these pieces together to see, okay, Eloy and Robert are out. Here's your Mercedes. Here's Andrew Vaughn and left. Danny Mendick, the shortstop, playing a little right field. Jake Lamb, too, where he could fit. And I think that's how this scene compares to the White Sox, to where, you know, Tony LaRusso and Don Haskins are a little bit similar in terms of character. You know, putting the best players they feel out there can do best for the team, regardless of who they are, regardless of what's connected to those players. And that's one of the reasons, like we talked about with Joe Brandon earlier here, guys, is why the White Sox are successful. It's team chemistry, team camaraderie, and playing together as a team with the same goal, which is trying to win a World Series this year. And that's what Don Haskins and his team did in that scene in Glory Road, trying to win a national title. So I think... For this Will Sports Movie Moment, this scene from Glory Road compares really well to the rise of the Chicago White Sox that started last year, but now is on the right track with a more experienced manager. So that's my Will Sports Movie Moment. If you haven't seen Glory Road, it's something to definitely check out if you enjoy a good sports movie. That is all the time we have in Episode 60 of Will's 5th Quarter Special. Tune in next time as we will continue to cover all things uh, here on the 5th Quarter Sports Talk. The Continued regular season coverage of the Chicago Cubs and the Chicago White Sox. We'll continue to cover the Chicago Bears here in the offseason as Justin Fields and the Bears get ready for next season. We're also going to continue to cover all things Chicago Bulls as the draft's not too far away, the offseason's begun, and the Bulls have some questions to answer, and we'll continue to talk about those as they unfold. We'll cover all things Redbird Athletics as we always do every other episode on Will's 5th Quarter Special's very own Redbird Sports Update. We will also continue to cover all things collegiate sports as they continue to unfold currently. And be on the lookout, as always, on our social media. We share all things sports, and we want you to join us in that. So whenever you see a sports moment or something going on in sports that you find interesting and you want us to talk about, share it on our social media, and you might hear it on future Will's 5th Quarter Specials. We also encourage you to check out our YouTube channel, as mentioned early on in the show. Just search Will's Score Special. Hit subscribe for free to see all the YouTube content we have to offer. So please subscribe for free, fans. We do want you to uh, check out the channel and enjoy all Will's Score Special has to offer. Check out Will's Score Special's very own website, Will'sFifthQuarterSpecial.com, for all other things Will's Score Sports Talk from. Where to find us on the airwaves, where to find us on social media, and to learn a little more about our segments, how the show got started. And you could also check out our official sports blog, Will's Fifth Quarter Sports Talk, 
whereas everything happens going on in sports. I want to thank our guest appearance, Joe Brand, for coming on the show for the first time, making his debut here at Will's Decor Special. Joe, we appreciate your time and look forward to having you on again soon here in the future. When the four-quarter buzzer sounds, you turn to us for your fifth-quarter sports talk. I'm your host, Will Farrell, along with King County Cougars play-by-play announcer and WGN anchor Joe Brand, saying so long from Will's Fifth Quarter Special. To continue to hear your fifth-quarter sports talk, you can check out all of Will's Fifth Quarter Specials on our new website at willsfifthquarterspecial.com. Get on in, join the sports conversation, share any opinions or thoughts on all things sports, Head to the Twitter page at William D. Farlow and share it with us with the hashtag Will's Fifth Quarter Special. The fifth quarter. The fifth quarter. The fifth quarter. The fifth quarter never stops here at Will's Fifth Quarter Special.